0: Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics. On Mix 103.7.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Adam Ophitz, and today and yesterday, we've been chatting with executive financial consultant Brian Warner and chief investment strategist Philip Peterson from IG Private Wealth to discuss the 2022 economic update. Now, we did run out a bit of a time yesterday, and Brian, I know, had a ton of questions that he wanted to get out as well uh, because he is the financial expert talking to a financial expert so these are the people that you should be listening to brian uh, why don't you take it away
2: I guess another quick question for you, Philip, is when we when we are looking at the rising costs of inflation and uh, interest rates rising, a one percent change in interest rates can have a negative five percent on the bond markets. So, as for investors out there listening today that think you know corporate, municipal, government bonds, hey, these are safe investments, that is not the truth. Like it was in the past with the environment we're in. Can you elaborate on that for us as well, please?
3: Yeah, and it's the neat dynamic about the fixed income markets, Um, and we have to really think about how we define a safe investment. Now, first, I don't think the government of Canada is going to default on its debt at all. I don't think municipalities are are going to default on their debt, so the capital, the return of capital – is secure but when we start to think of the return on the investment itself on a year-over-year basis so Brian you mentioned that when we see interest rates move up by one percent the value of the bond that has a five-year duration falls by five percent that's because of of uh, just the change in the price of the bond with a gain in interest rates so that's where you're you're looking at your investment portfolio and saying yes, if I invest with the Government of Canada and buy a Government of Canada bond, the capital is secure, but my return is subject to market forces. And we see the same thing this year. As the Bank of Canada is going to raise interest rates, we think interest rates across maturity spectrums, whether it's 30-day uh, notes or you know five-year Government of Canada bonds, interest rates are going to move up across the board that means you are going to see some downward pressure on price and given an already very low yield the government of canada a 10-year bond today is is yielding i think it's about uh 1.5 1.6% there isn't a lot of coupon to offset the drop in the price and so we could see another year where bonds generate a negative return Modestly, you know, it could be in the low single digits, but a negative return um, because interest rates are likely to continue to head higher.
2: Okay, and, and the marketplace is changing dramatically in that scope of things. And uh, to alleviate that pressure of the, the, the growth and what's happening on the bond market, there's alternative investments being looked at and put into clients' portfolios. And that's where I'm talking Northleaf Investments and, and Sagard Investments. Philip, can you – the landscape's changed. Can you talk about that uh, as an alternative for people when they're designing their financial plans and looking at investments, please?
3: Certainly. When we're looking at a portfolio, we're looking at a number of different aspects to it. One, we're looking at at the sources of income, sources of gains, um, and then also sources of of defense or protection. Uh, So just because I do have a view that I think bonds could be flat to modestly – and this isn't all bonds, by the way. It's different segments. Government of Canada bonds, longer-duration bonds um, are more sensitive to changes in the interest rate. Uh, But why do we hold these? Well, I also have a a philosophy that you never forget your defense – I remember during the uh, heading into the 2020 crash, um, uh, we were uh, underweight equities and overweight fixed income. And a colleague of mine said, Why would you own a bond that's going to generate minus 1%? It's like because sometimes minus 1 is better than minus 20. In fact, it's 19% better than minus 20. And so it still provides some defense in a portfolio. But if you're looking towards income, then here's where you need to be a little bit more creative and open to alternative asset classes. And, and Brian, you mentioned uh, some of the partners that we work with that look at alternatives, whether it be uh, private debt, private equity, um, other asset classes like like uh, infrastructure or uh, REITs. Um, these can provide income, sources of income, while also being less volatile than pure equity markets. And so it could be... a, a an area of defense and income that perhaps bonds aren't delivering today. And so we shouldn't just limit our asset allocation to bonds and equities. We should look at alternatives, including commodities, including alternatives, including real estate, including infrastructure, including private debt and private equity and so on, um, because there are opportunities that that span beyond just your you know stocks and bonds.
1: I'm in radio, so I don't have a whole lot of money, so I don't have a whole lot of finances to invest, but definitely people who do. Keep your ears open on this one. We're just going to take our first break here in Fort McMurray Matters, but when we come back, we're going to continue chatting with executive financial consultant Brian Warner and chief investment strategist Philip Peterson from IG Private Wealth. <laughs>
0: We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hartigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.
1: We are back with Fort McMurray Matters. If you're just tuning in, today we're chatting with Executive Financial Consultant Brian Warner and Chief Investment Strategist Philip Peterson from IG Private Wealth. Now, I am just a poor radio guy, so I I should leave it to the professionals to talk about finances. Here it is. Brian Warner, I know you had a bunch of questions for Philip. Take it away. What are some of the key things for consumers and investors to keep in mind into
2: 2022 is the tax-free savings accounts. Uh, the contribution room for 2022 is $6,000 again, and it started in 2009. So anyone who's never contributed to a TFSA, which is a tax-free savings account, I wish they would have labeled it a tax-free investment account because too many Investors out there look at it as a checking savings account, and that's not the case on it. You can create a lot of wealth using a TFSA properly that you'll never pay any tax on, and can be significant on your estate planning and or uh, reducing OAS clawback and all this as part of a financial plan as well. Uh, may, maybe um, a couple other key things, uh, Philip. What other things in 2022 uh, can can you elaborate on? on as we go forward on some of the numbers that have been announced for, for the coming year?
3: Well, certainly I think one of the key themes uh, to our 2022 outlook is that we are transitioning from a period of a rapid reopen economically to normalization. Uh, and And I think it's been mislabeled out there by some saying, oh, we've hit peak growth. Well, yes, that's true in a way, but that doesn't mean that we're heading into a period of low growth. We're still heading into a strong economic period for Canada, despite some of the lockdowns that we're seeing right now across the country. We know what happens when economies come out of lockdown. They, they rebound very, very quickly. And so we see continued economic strength in Canada in 2022. We see very, very low risk of recession. Uh, and I know it's like, why would we talk about that? Well, it's one of the things that we are always looking at, trying to identify the economic risks. The economic risks are very low right now. And so that sets up for another positive year, we think, for equity markets uh, going forward. So the risks overall are actually to the upside that the economy does better than we think that the markets, while we have a, a view that we're gonna see much more of an average return this year, the markets could surprise to the upside. Um, It's, we think uh, a good environment for investors in 2022, similar to 2021, Um, and and that's one thing that, we shouldn't get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of euphoria, but keep asking ourselves with respect to COVID and, and the economy, is the environment getting incrementally better or incrementally worse. And really, since the middle of 2020, it's been getting incrementally better. This year was better than last. I think in a year's time, we'll look back and say, yes, this was a better year than what we even had in 2021.
2: I guess, you know, when I have the opportunity uh, to have a discussion with you today, Philip, we talk about investors' behavioral finance and managing their emotions. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? You know, when we saw the, the crisis of 2008, 2009, the markets dropped 35, 40, 50%, and that six year rebound after that of where that wealth was created and why we use a long term philosophy and, and give us perspectives from your expertise, please. We
3: What we've seen in the past is that investors can can react on emotions. Um, to the positive and to the negative, and that leads them down the wrong path. In 2020, for example, what we saw in March and April of 2020 is investors were leaving the equity markets in droves. They were selling, and effectively selling at the bottom. And what they missed was a rebound inside of, I think it was about five, maybe six months, a complete rebound. So they locked in their losses, and some have returned, but they've returned at at higher levels. Uh, At the same time, what we've also seen, and I think we could see that this year, is that when investors look at their calendar year statements and see a strong return, they think that's repeatable and they flood uh, their cash into the same investments that did well. Um, and we often say past performance is not indicative of prior uh, future performance. Uh, don't chase returns, whether it be to the negative or to the positive. That's why a long term plan is very important. Those investors that stuck with their plan through the brief bear market of 2020 have come out the other side in a much better position. Those investors that, that don't flood into any one area of the market at what could be a top and just can stick with their plan are better off over the long term. So um, what we, what we say is we have to vanquish fear and panic. You know, it's often, you know, that's the selling trigger, but at the same time we need to temper our euphoric uh, nature uh, and just you know, Brian, I think working with an advisor is so important because they can keep you on track, keep you focused on your goals, whether they be short term or long term. And the investment strategy designed to get clients to those goals don't let our emotions drive us to make a uh, decision that is becomes an impediment to those goals.
1: We're just going to take our last break here in Fort McMurray Matters. But when we come back, we're going to keep on chatting with Brian Warner and Chief Investment Strategist Philip Peterson from IG Private Wealth.
0: We'll return in a moment to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.
1: We're back here with Fort McMurray Matters, and we're chatting with executive financial consultant Brian Warner and chief investment strategist Philip Peterson from IG Private Wealth. We're talking about finances, so a poor radio guy probably isn't the one to ask the questions here, so I'm going to leave it up to you, Brian. Take it away.
2: I guess one other key thing when you're looking at planning and looking at geographical allocation of your investments can you talk about that that you don't have all your your uh, investments in one particular country or one particular sec sector like oil and gas etc maybe you can elaborate on that for us as well.
3: Right well it it's all about diversification um, and it's the way I think about diversification isn't necessarily just spread your eggs out amongst a number of baskets, um, because you don't want to invest in, in areas that are likely to underperform. Now, we can't always predict you know what areas these might be, but you can look at the opportunity set, the relative opportunity set, say, within Canada versus the United States or Europe versus the US. And often, so first, you do want to look at equities and, and fixed income across a broad spectrum of the opportunities. And then you want to revisit that on an ongoing basis. I like annually, um, because I think each year or or on a 12 month basis, you can see better opportunities that might exist say in Canada versus the United States. And you might want to shift some, not all, but some of your allocation. This is what our, our portfolio managers do for us. Uh, within the asset allocation funds that we have is they look at the opportunity set and they say, you know what, let's take some profits out of the United States and shift that to Canada, right? You still own the United States, but perhaps in in a slightly smaller proportion and vice versa and so on. And we've seen this over time is that, you know, by making some of these small incremental moves, it can add up over the long term as opposed to just uh, saying staying in only Canada, for example, or only the United States where you can go through years of underperformance as opposed to taking advantage of the the diversification benefits that exist around the world.
2: When we're we're looking globally, emerging markets and you start looking at those countries and if we were to put a a golden crystal ball in front of us and say, over the next 10 years, what do you see evolving? Because they want what we've had in North America. And that's going to really, when you look at the population base, that's going to have significant impact on investments in, in the future going forward. Can you elaborate on that for
3: us? Well, certainly, I don't think you can ignore the emerging markets like just much like you shouldn't ignore the United States or Europe, you shouldn't ignore the emerging markets. China, as part of the emerging markets, is the second largest economy in the world. It's very, very important to the global economy. Uh, a number of, of great companies exist in China or in Hong Kong uh, or in the surrounding areas within the emerging markets, whether it be Asia, South Africa uh, or or uh, South America, for that matter. Um And you're right, Brian. Look, this is a – well, they're called the emerging markets for a reason. They're emerging demographics. They tend to be a younger demographic. They're moving up the wealth spectrum. Uh, They want the same thing that we have or same things that we have here uh, in North America, and they're moving towards that. Um, Just look at at how far China has come in the last 20 years from its ascension to the World Trade Organization to where it is today. Uh, It's very, very important to that, and and therefore – there are good investment opportunities there. I think some of the challenges that we've had with the emerging markets over the last say 20 years is that the volatility, the ups and downs of these markets can be greater than what we experience in Canada or the United States. Although it's been getting a lot closer to the developed market experience over the last five years. Um, And so when I look at an asset allocation, it should include the emerging markets. You shouldn't ignore this area. And especially now, Where the emerging markets relative to Canada and the United States are significantly cheaper. Um, Now, they didn't enjoy as strong a year in 2021, um, but that doesn't mean that 2022 won't be different. And we could see, in fact, not only catch up, but perhaps greater upside to the emerging markets in 2022. But the important thing here is to size the position to uh, an individual's overall risk tolerance. Right? So uh, don't go it. if we think that emerging markets, for example, can, can do better than Canada, that doesn't mean you should go all in the emerging markets because it can be more volatile, can be riskier, and there's a greater variability of, of um, perhaps being wrong. And if we are wrong on that, you know, we could be wrong quite significantly. So you measure the, the weight of the emerging markets in your portfolio to the risks associated with that asset class.
2: Okay, those were the, the key things that I, I wanted to, Peter to elaborate on. But for any of our listeners out there, Peter will be doing a webinar on January the 18th at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. And if you're interested in you know, the perspectives of, of further acknowledging of what he's got to say, please email me, and we'll put that on, on our list there at the radio station as well, at Brian.wanner at IGPWM.ca to register for that because – He's going to be. Maybe you can elaborate, Peter, some of the other things you'll be discussing in that one hour webinar there as well with Herp Lampa.
3: Sure, not a problem. First, you know, I'll just point out, it's Philip Peterson. Everyone does that, though. Um, Everyone uh, sees the last name and calls me Peter, so no problem there. Um, But yes, what we want to do in in that 2022 outlook is outline the opportunity set that we see forward. It really is a forward looking presentation where we're going to be discussing the views on interest rates, discussing the views on equities, uh, not only in Canada, but around the world, discussing the views on the broader economy, just to set ourselves up for a reasonable expectation for what 2022 might hold within our portfolios and how we want to be positioned for that
1: thank you very much unfortunately this is all the time we have for today but i really appreciate you joining me and have a happy new year
3: likewise happy new year to you and thank you for thank you for having me on happy new year to all the listeners and philip thank you very very much
1: if you do wish to check out Philip Peterson's seminar on January 18th, you can email Brian Warner at brian.warner, that's W A N N E R, at IGPWM.ca. Fort McMurray Matters airs every weekday at noon. I'm Adam Office. I'll chat with you again on Monday.
0: That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters.
1: Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by
0: Colin Hardigan of Coldwell Banker Fort McMurray, Cooper & Company Law Firm, and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.